it's a beautiful sunny day. Just went on a block with. Oh. You went on a walk. You said block. Yes, I went on a walk. Okay. With. Oh. Yeah, it was really nice. I saw. <sighs> she told me to tell you hi. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Remind me. Oh. Who we used to live right next to. Yep. Really good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> her dog. <gasps> oh that that drew you in <laughs> i mean i remember <sighs> i have a memory for people more than i have for dogs that don't let me pet them let me put it that way <laughs> that is very accurate okay let's make a real episode of our podcast yeah yeah let's make an episode let's make an episode Michael. yeah hi how are you Oh, uh, well, I'm doing good. I got I, I got good news, Hava. I got good What's news. What's the good news? I uh, read an article today that people who take SSRIs are less likely to need hospitalization for COVID-19. Oh. Wow. This Muscle is huge. Dog. This is huge for me. I don't know for you, for you two. No. Well, Butrin is not an SSRI. It's a different thing. But all you listeners... All you listeners, many of whom I'm sure take SSRIs. There you go. It's better than a vet. No, it's not. It's it's good for you. It's good for you. Keep <laughs> taking it. It made me think of what the Bible says, which is that the depressed will inherit the earth. I don't know how I missed that one. Isn't that? That might be New Testament shit. A Christian thing? That might be Christian. Well, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to be open-minded here, right? We did sabotage. Right. I think we can include a little Christian reference every now and again. <laughs> Sure, sure. We're allowed. Besides that, working on projects, trying to organize my time, trying to make time for Hebrew and reading about Jewish history, trying to bone up on that stuff. So, you know. Oh, yeah. I got some really exciting books in the mail today. I got my um, Karite books. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some books from the Karite Press. Um, I got the Palanquin on Karite Practical Halacha and Royal Attire on Karite and Rebbenite Beliefs. Those are both pretty exciting. I also got a book in the mail. It's uh, Ancient Jewish Magic by Gideon Boak. Wow, that's freaking cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a thick one, and I need to crack it open. Trying to be uh, good to myself. Yeah, pace yourself. I'm trying to pace myself. My hair's getting longer. Mm Mm-hmm, very long. You're moving ever closer to your Bernadette Peters goal. What are those things that you put them in your hair and they clip your hair back? What are are those things? A hair clip? Is that what they're called? Hair clips? (laughs) A barrette? A barrette, a barrette. I am very excited about going and getting a bunch of barrettes at great. some point. Great, oh. I support it. I think they're going to be great for you. Like enamel barrettes and resin mm-hmm. barrettes. There's some really cute ones out there in the world. I think it'll really change the game. Oh, look, I have new flowers in the vase you got me. Oh, that's cute. Um, Yeah, that's me. That's me. Hava, how are you? I'm well, Baruch Hashem. Uh, I have to tell you, I'm having a, an Animal Crossing renaissance. What's going on? What is this about? So, as you know, tomorrow you're going to return my copy of Animal Crossing to me. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why you invited me over. No, I invited you over because I want to hang out with you, but incidentally, I really want that cartridge back. We've been trying to hang out for months. I know, I know. Don't besmirch my intentions. Besmirch. It sounds like a hipster brand of birch bark Yeah, soda. or like it would be like a monthly delivery box. Oh, yeah. A monthly delivery box of kombuchas. <laughs> it's just a cardboard box full of kombucha. Oh, no. It would be like merch from your favorite bands, and it would be like Bish merch. Think about it. Someone out there, start that company, pay us $1,000 for the idea. 
in the meantime, while I'm waiting for that cartridge to come back, I've been borrowing someone else's Animal Crossing. I don't know. I've just been really enjoying diving back into that, starting my island again. I got an anteater villager the other day, which was really cute. I think some of the weirder animal villagers are like the cutest ones. I really like like the sad ones. <laughs> yeah. I like, like yeah. the dopey ones. Yeah, the lazy personality villagers. Yeah, or the grumpy I like the grumpy mm-hmm. ones. That's my favorite. The ones that are that are just like saccharine Pollyannas that just want to like smack and be like, don't you realize that? <laughs> don't you know you're trapped in a fantasy world? Well, before I give you the cartridge, I should visit your island and give you a bunch of stuff. Sure. So I'm borrowing digital copy, which complicates things a little bit because I have to use her profile, but which we should be able to work it out. But yeah, it would be fun if you gave me a bunch of stuff. I've been working on breeding flowers a little bit on a very basic level. Oh, I I got a blue flower for you. Hell yeah. Yeah, just give me, just, you know, make up a little package of stuff for me. Oh yeah, perfect, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'll send you some stuff. Yeah, we can do that and and you can hang out and garden tomorrow with us. Great, great. I'm excited. I'm real. That is the thing I'm looking forward to the most. The gardening? Oh, great. Just being outside and hanging out. yeah. Enjoying the spring and, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing gardening projects, which has been really positive. Gearing up to make my next class series and really tackling a challenge recently because I'm giving a workshop at the Trans Jews Are Here conference about building digital community. And it's very challenging to try to like make a workshop with participant interaction that feels good and like okay and not like the most awful excruciating social awkwardness you've ever felt in your life that's been a struggle in my life recently we're going to be on a panel for that right it's the same conference i'm just also giving a workshop by myself okay but yes we are going to be on a panel about jewish podcasting at that same conference so yeah so come uh, to that conference listeners and it'll be a digital conference right it will be a digital conference yes more details to come in the future. More details to come. So before we dive into any Talmud, listeners, I want to remind you, as always, we would love for you to call or text us on the Talmud hotline at 401-484-1619. You can send us a text or leave us a voicemail, and we will answer your Talmud question on the air, almost certainly. Or you can ask us a question anonymously on our website at com. Last but not least, please, please, please support this podcast by joining our patreon at patreon.com slash chava de cordova it is what allows us to make this hot gooey dank nug of talmudic <laughs> content that we bring to you twice a week and we really like doing that and we hope that you like it too and that you express your love for it by joining our patreon there's some really affordable levels for you to get our extra episodes and recommend our show to a friend if you don't mind that yeah. would be really sweet. Okay, that's all the things I have to ask of you listeners. And now I have something to give you, which is Talmud. Oh, you're going to give us the Talmud. Okay, okay. Um, well, you all, all, listeners, the Talmud already belongs to you. I'm going to bring you a, a, some specific interpretations and ideas. Oh, okay, okay, wow. Today, we're sort of continuing this semi-series we have going on recently about just sort of fun logical conundrums and paradoxes in the Talmud. We are on Yevamot 47a. So Yevamot is this Masechet of Talmud that is theoretically about something in English we tend to call liverate, levirate. I don't know how people say that word. 
L-E-V-I-R-A-T-E, leverate marriage, which is basically this thing in the Bible where if you're a man and you have a brother and your brother dies, you got to marry his wife. Right, 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 right. You know, I'm not sure I quite understand. One day I would love to understand what is happening there. It's kinky. If you understand, let us know. It's just cool. But it's just cool. We just thought it was a cool idea, so we put it in the Torah. So this Masechet is theoretically about that, but this section that we're studying is not about that at all. What has been happening on this page is that the rabbis have been debating this issue of whether someone who converts to Judaism by themselves is valid as a convert. They literally use the phrase, Beini lebein atzmi, between me and myself to mean like someone who converted by themselves. So this is sort of like you lived off in a village and you just sort of like circumcised yourself and went to a mikvah and were like, I'm Jewish, done, check. Which, you know, the rabbis have a long debate about whether that's valid or not. And generally they decide in Talmud that it's not a valid method of conversion. That's a debate that I think can still be very open. But regardless, the rabbis are not down with it. And so we're exploring all kinds of different edge cases of different things that can happen when a person converts by themselves. All right. Okay. And so in our tale, someone comes to the court of Rabbi Yehuda and says, I converted myself between me and myself. So I had a private conversion. And Rabbi Yehuda says, do you have any witnesses to support this claim that you converted in private or by yourself without any Jewish community? And he says, no. And he says, do you have children? And he says, yes. So no witnesses, yes, children. And Rabbi Yehuda says to him, You are considered trustworthy to invalidate your own conversion, but you are not considered trustworthy to invalidate your children. Invalidate or validate? Invalidate. Invalidate, okay. His testimony is accepted for the purposes of proving that his conversion was not kosher, Uh but it is not accepted for purposes of unkoshering his children. Essentially, what's happening here, this person's children are theoretically Jewish, right? Until the court decides, you know, he converted, he had children, those children have some kind of Jewish identity going on. And what's going on here in this passage is that Reb Yehuda is saying, because a Gentile cannot testify in a Jewish court, and we accepted your testimony saying that you are a Gentile, we cannot accept your testimony saying that your children are Gentiles, basically. We can't allow you to testify against them. Oh, interesting. Okay, okay, okay. But did he know that he was testifying that he was a Gentile? Was he trying to argue his case that he was a Jew? Well, I guess we don't know what his agenda was in appearing before the court. I sort of imagined, just theoretically, that he was like, I don't know, I converted by myself when I had no other option, and now I have the option, and so I come to the court to figure out what I have to do. That's how I sort of imagine it unfolding, but really, 
we don't have that context. If that's the situation, your read is the court is saying, well, here's what you have to do. You have to convert, but your children are already covered. Yes. What I think is more interesting even than just the practical implications is that the children's Jewish identity, even though it comes from a what the court has decided as a spurious source, is still upheld. And this is upheld by... Rabbi Yehuda, who is notoriously stark, notoriously strict. He was vegetarian. He only drank wine when necessary by law. He was like a notorious hard ass in the Talmud. Yeah, it's just so interesting to see here that to me, it seems like they're really erring on the side of inclusivity. Okay, wow. The judge is saying like, hey, we don't have a warrant to inspect the kid's Jewishness. Right. And since we've already decided against yours, you can't open that issue. I think it's really neat here that we have this sort of Jewish until proven otherwise situation. And once he's disproven his own Jewish identity, the children's Jewish identity remains intact. Like it does not get passed down. Yeah, that is very, very neat. That is some fun legal trickery. Does um becoming Jewish work retroactively in the same way that being gay works retroactively? Like, <laughs> if I'm not Jewish and I'm already born, but then my dad converts and is like, I'm Jewish, does that make me a Jew? Like, how does that work out? Well, so I think the question that you're sort of asking is if someone converts, does their child have to convert? So I'm not a halachic authority, so take everything I say with a grain of salt. This does not constitute legal advice. If someone converts and then they give birth to a child or have a child, that child inherits the Judaism. If someone already had a child and then they convert, then the child has to have their own conversion process. Gotcha, gotcha. So presumably these children converted on their own. No, I'm assuming that these children were born after what is ultimately decided to be an invalid conversion. I mean, this is a very cute and fun, and I have complicated feelings about it. Yeah? Tell me more about your complicated feelings. Well, on the one hand, I love it. It's just a fun little workaround, and I love little witty workarounds. Yeah. On the other hand, it also reminds me of, you know, the sort of legal trickery that uh, I'm sure listeners can come up with specific examples that they, you know, don't like, that that uh, serve uh, people who are currently in power and whatnot. So Right. I mean, it is fun to use the tools. Right. I mean, the tool of legal trickery exists. It's not going to go away whether we like it or dislike it. That's true. I mean, I think something that's interesting to me about this passage is it's really different than the way we handle things today. Judaism today, in my opinion, has really gotten off course with the way it handles conversion, especially with issues of Israel and things like that. I think we've become, over the past maybe couple hundred years, just more and more unwelcoming to converts, and I think that's a really shitty trend that I want to reverse. Today, if you found out that your parents' conversion was invalid, I'm not sure whether people practice in the opposite way today, where they do pass on the invalidation. Mm -hmm. What I will say is that, especially in the Orthodox world, having converts in your lineage has a lot of stigma attached to it. And I think this positive assumption of Jewish identity and validity is really something that we have, I would say, um, have almost completely lost in Judaism. And I think that sucks. I think we should get it back. 
I'm wondering if there's any Hasidic dynasties that were actually started by a convert. I don't know the answer to that question. I am very uneducated in that area. So this is an example where old school rabbis are more accepting of people Mm -hmm. than the new school rabbis. Right. And I like that. Things like that always tickle me because we generally live with the sort of mythology that life is always getting better. We're always more progressive than people from Mm -hmm. the past. We're always smarter, more enlightened. And in reality, if you want to even use those words at all, we're enlightened (laughs) about some things and maybe less enlightened about other things. We're not climbing a hill. We're, We're traveling a landscape. What that reminds me of is I think if you're prone to thinking that we're on this upward trajectory and it's inevitable, it also means that you cede control. Everything that will happen is inevitable and you might as well give up and not participate in steering, say, your community in a certain direction. But if you're able to actually see that the landscape you're traveling on is not necessarily going up, it could go down in ways and you actually have to take ownership of the direction that your community goes and the standards and morals go. And and that's kind of part of the reason why we do this. This podcast, right? Right. I mean, I think it really raises the stakes for communal participation. If you can't just sort of absentmindedly trust that we're on a eternally progressive trajectory, it makes clear that it does actually matter what you do with your life. It's a hard truth to internalize. It's hard to feel that in your gut. But what we do, it is actually important with regards to where our community goes. And anything that breaks that illusion, like these rabbis making a decision that nowadays people wouldn't make, right. it actually makes me feel good. It gives me like hope. Mm-hmm. One thing I, I was thinking about, you know, we have this other, this other halachic concept that maybe we'll do an episode about sometime of the annulment of a marriage, where the rabbis can sort of annul a marriage so that it's if it never happened. I mean, this is a subject of some debate, but if the rabbis annul your marriage, you don't become a divorced woman. You become a woman who's never been married, which is two different halachic statuses. And so the rabbis have to deal with what about the intercourse that you had as part of that marriage? Like, doesn't that affect your status, your halachic status? And the rabbis are like, no, the marriage was invalidated and we just wipe that off the slate, which is sort of like an opposite usage of the power to reach into the past. Whereas in this case, the rabbis are saying, we can deny the power of your invalid conversion to affect the present. They also give themselves the power to affect the past and let it affect the present. Well, the real question is, are the children of the annulled marriage, are they considered, um, what's the word? Mamzerim, are they considered children born out of wedlock? Right. Well, this is part of the whole subject that's a, a big part of the questions in Masechet Gittin, which is where this concept is coming from, is we want to prevent mamzerim. That's in general a halachic value. So. so the end goal is the same. Someone made a decision, and then that affects other people. And we find out that the decision was somehow wrong or invalid. We want to minimize the ripple effects. Right, right. That's a great way to put it. That's a great way to put that it. It seems to be what's common between the two, even though the mechanism is actually the opposite for each of those right. situations. You know, I think it's a theme in, in Judaism, this idea of containment, right? We're sort of tra- always trying to contain tuma ritual, forbiddenness. You know, there's a lot of like management of the spread of different either positive or negative qualities in the world. When someone does something positive, there's a lot of emphasis on how that ripples through the world, like right. Kabbalistic and Hasidic ways of looking at 
your just daily actions of tying your shoes and it's like oh that has a huge ripple effect it's helping to bring about the world to come the messianic era every little small action yeah i mean i think judaism has always been plugged into this idea of the interconnectedness of everything and I think at times that's been expressed in language that we don't find as palatable in modern times. But in general, I think the interconnection and the really urgent, like, mattering of everything that we do has always been really present and really valued in Judaism. Stepping back from this and, like, generalizing a bit, isn't it kind of beautiful that we want to see our good rippling throughout the universe but we want to see our bad like just kind of stopping Mm -hmm. right and even if you don't believe that's reality it's interesting that that's what we want and like what does that say about you know our moralities that we hold inside Mm -hmm. of ourselves our better angels our better angels that's the kind of stuff that reminds me that god is real guys god is real yeah i love how much you're on that train recently oh i'm i'm so on the god is real train hell yeah i think that's a good button for the episode yeah thanks for bringing this this was like whoa yeah i'm glad you enjoyed it i hoped you would like it listeners thanks for coming along on this journey where we attempt to spread the good and contain the bad i think next week we'll probably do some listener questions so get ready for that thanks so much we adore you each and every one of you and we'll see you later Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov.